Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Your book's journey isn't over after it's been launched. Nope, it's got a whole lifetime ahead of itself. And so while I'm leading you through writing and launching a best-selling book, I'm also showing you how to make that book work for you for the rest of your career and your life. Welcome to Launch Your Book with Anna David. Hi there, you're listening to Launch Your Book with Anna David. That's a good thing because my name is Anna David. I am your host and every week I either answer a question, interview an expert, author, entrepreneur, or break down how one of the greats launches their book. And today I have one of the greats. His name is John Corcoran, and he has done 96,000 things in his life, including write books, but he's also been an attorney. He was a speechwriter in the White House. Uh, He's worked in Hollywood. And um, right now, his current business, about which he is very passionate, is Rise 25, which is an agency that helps B2B businesses generate qualified leads and referrals using content marketing, in particular, podcasts. He is also a podcaster, which is how I became a fan of his. His podcast is called Smart Business Revolution. I highly recommend going and downloading it now. And what we talked about on this episode, not about his books, but about how to use podcasts to get promotion for your books, why it's not too late for you to do a podcast, how you could make your book into a podcast, and all the ways to get all the return on investment that all podcasters are looking for. And by the way, all authors. So if you want to get in touch with this guy, I highly recommend it. Truly getting in touch with him has changed the trajectory of my career, and I am not exaggerating. So you can get links to him and his podcast and all the things by going to the show notes, which you can find at launchpadpub.com slash blog slash John, J-O-H-N, and now I give you John Corcoran. Okay, John, I'm so happy you're here. My pleasure. Uh, And you are an interesting guest for this podcast because though you have written books, they are buried so deep in the internet that I cannot find them. (laughs) And we decided to focus very, just to make this really all about how authors can get on podcasts uh, to promote their books and potentially turn their books into podcasts. And bury their books if they want to. And bury their books, especially because there's another author named John Corcoran. Yes, he wrote books about karate. And there's also the teacher who couldn't read named John Corcoran, who is famous. He was on Oprah and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, my SEO is not so great. But see, the thing about this John Corcoran is he's had 96 lives. He's been an attorney. He's been a speechwriter in the White House. He He's worked in Hollywood. That's I true. Mean, a bit of it and, all. Yeah. And now, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are calling themselves podcasting experts. What makes John different is his business is not just helping you 
start and launch and run a podcast, but using that podcast strategically. So can you explain what that means, John? Sure. And I love podcasting. I've been doing it for 11 years now. Uh, I started around 2010 when I was practicing law just by interviewing my clients. And what I found was that um, a lot of people think of a podcast as just marketing, but it's actually a lot more than that. It's really like a Swiss Army knife. It's a it's a tool that can be simultaneously content creation, marketing, but it can also be up-leveling your network. It can be business development, referral marketing, professional development. Some of the most amazing insights I've had from ha- over the years have been from the ability to talk to smart people and ask them questions that I'm curious about. And so, you know, what we do now with our company, Rise 25, is we we help others to see the full compass of all the different ways in which you can use a podcast to benefit your business, to benefit you personally, to up-loving your network, and to make great connections and great get great ROI because that's what will motivate you to keep on doing a podcast for years like I have. Yeah, because I think a lot of people start podcasts and they go, wait a minute, I'm not making money. This isn't, you know, this is not getting many downloads. But what you understand is that it's about leveraging relationships with your guests and about getting the right listeners. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And honestly, the way what I say to people is I would do my podcast even if no one is listening. I because I get that much value out of the doing of it, the great conversations. I, uh, you know, the great conversations. Like every week, I get to talk to smart people like yourself. We wouldn't be having a conversation if it weren't for podcasts. It's a great excuse to hop on the phone with someone. These, you know, in the last fifteen months of the pandemic, it's been an amazing opportunity when there weren't conferences, when there weren't face to face to have great conversations with people, to up-level your network, to meet new people. Even after a pandemic, you know, you don't have to travel across town. You can have a conversation with people over Zoom and you're creating content at the same time. And as you up-level your network and you get the higher caliber people, people are busy. And so it's a great way to get busy people. I've literally had the co-founder of Netflix on my podcast and he's not giving me 15 minutes of his day if I'm saying, can I have a just a, a get to know you call, you know, right? But but because you're creating content that's going to be shared, it's going to be on iTunes, it's going to be across all the different podcasting channels, it gives you an opportunity in order to have a great conversation with interesting people. By the way, you all, John's podcast, it's Smart Business Revolution. Is that that's the exact right. name? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is what happened. I am a fan of that podcast. I reached out to him on LinkedIn and I would say, I would say we're friends. And so you've got you've to gotta go listen to that podcast. I'm not saying that you're necessarily going to become friends with John like I did, but he has given me <laughs> the greatest business advice and we've never even met in person. Yeah, so that's true. Let's talk about what can an author do to get on podcasts that are right to promote their book? Well, there's, there's two answers to that. One, personally, I, I find that having a podcast is the best way to get another podcast because rather than coming hat in hand and asking people if you can be a guest on their show without anything to reciprocate, you have the power of recipro- reciprocity. And, you know, that's how I was, I was on one of the, the Shark Tank podcasts because I had the co-host of their show on my show and then they reciprocated in many, many other podcasts the same way. So that, that's one of the best ways. But beyond that, you know, podcasters are looking for good guests and a guest who can come on a podcast who's got a book. I can say this after 11 years of interviewing over a thousand people, someone who's written a book is one of the best types of guests out there because they have thought through answers on 
on a topic and they have a table of contents frequently, most books do. And so it's very easy to conduct that type of interview. And it's a great excuse. The person has great authority. So from the podcaster's perspective, saying that they had an author who's an expert in some particular area on their podcast, it's easy for them to conduct the actual interview. It's great content for their listeners. And it is just a, a great win all around. So what is the best way to approach a podcaster, a producer, a host to get on as a guest? Yeah, well, certainly approaching with the book, there's the newsworthiness angle when it's recent. So if the book is right when the book comes out, obviously, you know this, that's a great time and you want to maximize that time as much as possible. But even after the book is a couple of years old, I mean, I have lots of authors on who, who their books came out years ago, you know, just making it as easy as possible to the the host is what I would recommend. So when you reach out to offer them a copy of the book, um, to offer them sample questions is a great thing to do. 10 questions that you can ask me that I can be well-versed on. Um, providing social proof, so evidence of other interviews that you've done, whether it's in mainstream media or other podcasts. If you haven't done any other podcasts before, work your way up, you know, work your way up to bigger and bigger shows and, um, and use the prior shows as evidence that you've had experience in these areas. Those are the main things that I would do and making it as easy as possible for that podcaster to make a quick decision because, you know, you do start to get a lot of those emails when you've been podcasting for a while. You know, I received dozens a week um, from authors and non-authors. Um, I find the authors much easier to say yes to because you know that they're going to have a, they're going to be good at answering questions. You know that they're going to have a fully formed answer to any question that you ask within their realm of expertise. And you know that there is a structure that you can take them through for the interview, ask them questions point by point. And it's made even more easy if they have a table of contents they provide to you, or they have a series of questions that you can, that you can ask them and that they're going to be able to answer. So how far ahead of a release should a, an author start reaching out? That's a good question. So, you know, some, I mean, I know some podcasts that, um, you know, they're publishing a year out or more. That's probably the exception. Most people, I would say, probably publish within a, you know, couple of weeks up to three to four months window. So just take that in, in mind. One other thing I will point out is to message across different platforms, different mediums. So try LinkedIn, try email, try picking up the phone, um, try whatever social channel, Facebook, that people are active on, and then leverage the first people that you get to get to other people. So, you know, ask that, that podcaster who had you on, you know, say, Hey, I have this book coming out or the book just came out. I'm looking to get on more shows. Who would you recommend? Who else, you know, and maybe they will introduce you to other podcasters. I do that all the time. So I have guests on my show and then I just will, you know, I just know a lot of other podcasters and we have a lot of clients who are podcasts. So I will, introduce them to someone else. So definitely leverage those people to get to more people. Yeah. I mean, by the way, you've introduced me to about nine people 
without me even asking. So he is not exaggerating about that. And so, so I think also it's making the approach in the right way. I think a lot of authors think I have a book out. That's news. Think each podcaster is trying to serve an audience. So really, I don't you dare pitch yourself to a podcast you've never listened to. Oh, it's the worst as a podcaster. When you get a pitch from someone who clearly doesn't listen to the show, um, so, but yeah. uh, what I am always preaching to is make books and, and podcasts can be similar content. And, you know, I know you answer this question all the time, but for anybody who's listening, who says, well, no, it's obviously too late to jump into the podcasting game. What do you say? I actually think it's much easier now than it was 11 years ago when I started, because 11 years ago, people were like, what's a podcast? You know, now it's, it's a very hot topic. All kinds of celebrities are starting. I mean, President Obama started a podcast with Bruce Springsteen. I mean, there's all kinds of people that have podcasts. So it's much more mainstream. It's a much more accessible. There are many more handheld devices. Everyone has a, a smartphone in their pocket. It's easier to get the downloads. Back then, you had to like pl- download it to your computer, hook it up with a physical cord to your iPod, and then transfer it over in order to listen to it on the go. Now it's a lot easier to do. There's much more things like Spotify and things like that. So there's much greater awareness. Um, and that makes it easier. However, there's more competition. There's more people out there. Um, so you do have to differentiate yourself. Um, you know, that's for sure. Um, the, the other thing I would say, just dovetailing or, or, or piggybacking on what you said a second ago is you want to make sure that you make it relevant to the podcaster. So um, if they have a specific narrow focus, you want to cater to that and explain, you know, hey, I know that you um, feature uh, only woodworking experts on your show. Uh, but I've noticed that you haven't had anyone on who talks about the financial aspects of how woodworking businesses need to operate. I just wrote a book that's the definitive guide to how to manage your finances for a woodworking business. I think that would be really relevant um, and, and really valuable to your audience because I've listened to these past episodes. I'd love to come on. And that will make it easier for people. And it also showed that you put a little bit of effort in you know, and you didn't just send like a mass email to everyone, which everyone just kind of deletes those really quickly. Yeah. So, and so let's say, so, so the service that you provide, let's say somebody listening says, I want to do a podcast. Um, Maybe I even want it to debut at the same time as my book. Is that a bad idea to launch a podcast at the same time? I don't, I don't think it is at all. We've had many clients who've done the same thing. Um, and it actually allows your time to go further because you, you're going to put in the effort to write a book or you're going to put in the effort to do a podcast. You might as well put in some of that effort and have it overlap. When you interview someone, record it, turn it into a podcast episode, turn it into a book chapter, you know, make, it, make your time go further. I think that's really smart. And I don't see any evidence that it's going to cannibalize sales or anything like that. And honestly, most of the clients that we're working with anyways, they're not worried about cannibalizing sales because the money isn't really made on the, on the book sale itself. They're just looking for more exposure and being on more platforms is, is a good thing to do. So the books and the podcast can be really complimentary. Um, and it also, you know, a podcast in many ways is a networking tool and you always want to be growing your network. You always want to meet, be meeting new people. And so even beyond the book, you know, you can take that further and you can keep meeting more people 
And the book gives you credibility and it gives you authority, but then it takes it even further. One of our clients um, is the Built to Sell podcast um, that was named after the book Built to Sell by John Warlow. Um, and then he's, he started a great book, I mean, a great podcast inspired by the book that's taken it that much further and it created all kinds of opportunities. So I love to see that sort of thing where people take, you take the book for people who love that medium and, and for, there's no doubt that a book gives you cachet, gives you authority, gives you status in a way that no other medium does. But then you can take it even further by having the podcast as well. And naming it the same, do you always recommend naming it the same as your book or not always? Not always. Yeah. I mean, we could have a seven hour conversation about naming. So usually it's hard to encapsulate that. Um, What I will say is, a lot of times people, I think, put too much weight on the name. I've literally had people tell me that um, they've been wanting to do a podcast for three or four years, but they haven't started it because they can't think of a name. And I just think you're depriving yourself of all the benefits of doing the podcast because of a silly thing like a name. Honestly, it could be called Anna's podcast. It doesn't matter sometimes. W- what matters more is how you use it, how you position it, and and how you you use certain relationships to get up to other relationships. We're also a big fan. And if you go to my podcast, Smart Business Revolution, you, you, and you go to my website and you search for series versus seasons, there's an episode that we recorded where we talk about this. It's very popular in podcasting to have seasons, which is a concept that's a carryover from traditional media or sitcoms. And for some reason, people have applied it to, to podcasts, but it doesn't need to have that constriction. We are a bigger fan of series, which you can utilize in place of the name of the podcast in order to get introductions to great people. So what I mean by that is you could call the podcast Anna's podcast or Joe's podcast or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But the series is what you use in order to establish and get a yes from people. So let's say you're trying to reach out and you want CFOs of publicly traded companies. That's the ideal guest for you and it's the ideal client for you. You could say, I'm doing a top Fortune 500 CFO series on my podcast, which by the way is called Anna's Podcast, but no one hears that anyways because it doesn't matter. What matters is that the series is what they hear. And when you start to get some names of other CFOs, people's competitive juices start flowing. And then they're like, well, hey, I want to be on that podcast with my peer over at HP or my peer over at Facebook. You know, if they're on it, I want to be on it as well. And so you can use that concept in place of the name, which doesn't matter as much, in order to get great people to say yes to be a guest on your podcast. Well, okay, I know you have a hard out. So let's talk briefly about how, what you could do for the listener. I know your company uh, tends, to work, tends to work with uh, entrepreneurs uh, and you offer consulting um, before people commit. How does that work? Sure. So we offer strategy, tech, and production. And those three pieces are really intertwined one another. So when people think about starting a podcast, oftentimes people make a lot of mistakes. We saw, we see over 11 years of doing it. I've seen a lot of people start one, do it for six months and then give up, you know, and do something else because they're not getting good return from it. So 
what we focus on is we want to make sure that people get ROI because I want people to benefit from doing a podcast for years like I have. That's where the real benefits come. And so I'm, I'm really driven to help people, whether it's through doing an interview like this and sharing some wisdom or through the clients that we do work with through the, through the company. So, so we start with strategy. We want to make sure that people are employing the right strategy, that they're talking to the right people, that they're featuring in the right way so they feel like a million bucks. So they're getting other introductions to other high quality people. So they're creating, creating great content at the same time as they're getting referrals out of it. They're getting strategic partnerships and it's a win-win all around. So I'm not a big believer in being manipulative at all, at all. In fact, you know, we've sent lots of money to people who've been guests on our podcast by introducing them to other people in our network, or maybe we become a client of theirs or we refer them. There's so many different ways. So it's, so it's really, you know, what we focus on is a philosophy of making sure that people have the right strategy in the place, in place, making sure that they are focused on the highest and best use of their time which in our case, most of our clients are B2B businesses. And so there's a lot of things they shouldn't be doing. They shouldn't be formatting an RSS feed. They shouldn't be worried about posting something on social media. Those are not the things that they should be doing, but they have limited bandwidth, they have limited energy. So what they should be doing is just having great conversations with great prospective clients, referral partners, strategic partners, their existing champions. And so we really guide people, hold their hand, take pieces off of their plate so that they can focus on the highest best use of their time, having great conversations, meeting great people, widening their network and not doing the things that they shouldn't be focusing on that drains their energy and that is not good use of their time. Amazing. So if people want to reach you, what is the best way? Uh, you can email me, john at rise25media.com. Rise25media.com is the website. Reach out, on, reach out on LinkedIn. Happy to connect with people. And Anna, such a pleasure. I love talking about this stuff. I love being an evangelist for the medium because it's just had such great benefits to my life. My, literally, my business partner, I connected through podcasting. I've been to people's weddings who I connected with through podcasting. So many great friendships and clients and referral partners and champions and and met uh, you know people that I've admired from far. Case in point, about 30 minutes ago, I got a Calendly confirmation in my email that I'm going to be interviewing in a few weeks. I'm really happy about this. Uh, the founder of Kinko's. Remember Kinko's? The, the oh, office yeah. chain had thousands, thousands of locations. It was, now, now it's FedEx office. Um, but um, he, he's a founder. Uh, he went to my alma mater, which is UC Santa Barbara. Um, and so he's kind of like a, you know, a top uh, alum that people are, uh, have been and proud of. And he founded the first Kinko's in Isla Vista, which is right next to UC Santa Barbara, where I went to school. And so he's someone who I've admired for a long time. So when I've wanted to, to interview on my podcast, taken a little while to get to that point. Um, but now I'm super excited about it. So, you know, that those are, that's one of the examples where, you know, I don't know if it will lead to direct client business or if he'll become a client or if he will refer a client, but I know that we'll have a great conversation. I know that I will share some of his wisdom um, with my audience. Um, and I know that it will lead to great things because I've been doing this for a long time. And I know that good things come from when you put great minds together. So I'm excited about that. And, and, and thank you, Anna, for letting me share some of my enthusiasm for the medium. 
And please, you are a podcast listener. Anyone who's listening, please just since you're on the app or wherever you are, go download Smart Business Revolution if you don't love it. Then don't come back to this podcast because you will. (laughs) You will. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Anna. Listeners, I will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me this week on Launch Your Book with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to launchyourbookpod.com where you can get show notes and so much more. If you got anything out of this episode, I can't tell you how much I would appreciate a review. And don't forget, my company, Launchpad Publishing, is here to help you at any stage in your writing and publishing journey. Just go to launchpadpub.com for more and be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode.